Hey, Josh here with Wonder and Sunder. Our guest today is representing Anoka County Brotherhood Council, or ACBC for short. During the episode, we'll learn a lot about ACBC as an organization and what they stand for. But before we start, I want to give you a heads up that ACBC is currently receiving donations for their Give to the Max Day, which is this Thursday, November 18th. Any donations they receive will be matched. To find info on ACBC's Give to the Max Day, head to their Facebook page at Anoka County Brotherhood Council or find them on Instagram at ACBC Food Shelf. You can also find them on givemn.org and search for Anoka County Brotherhood Council. That's givemn.org. Let's get to the show. Welcome back to Wonder and Sunder. Uh, we have a very special guest with us here today, Alan. Alan, how's it going? It's going fabulous. And I got my co-host, Sue, here. I'm here. And just a reminder about Wonder and Sunder, what it means and what our podcast is all about is that we wonder together. So that's awesome. We kind of um, question and uh, dream and wonder um, about, um, well, the sunder part of it really is yeah. that the realization that every random passerby has a life as unique and complex as your own, our own. And so that means that we just learn in people, um, who people are and making them less random and also just hearing stories, which is awesome. Yeah. So we have Alan today. Yay. Alan comes to us from ACBC Food Shelf here in Anoka. And so, Alan, can you give us um, a little bit about what ACBC is all about? Yeah, what's up, everyone? So, ACBC is um, basically a food shelf that serves Anoka County. Um, the name is actually Anoka Countyhood Brotherhood Council. Um, you know, some people refer to us as ABC, but it's ACBC, which is fine. Gets the point across, right? Yeah, growing up, you know what? I always thought it was um, the ACB too, right? Like it was always like for, cause I grew up in Coon Rapids. Oh, sweet. And so I always thought it was Anoka, Coon Rapids and Blaine. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Food shelf, but it's not. Um, and then how did it get started? Yeah. So ACB or BC was founded in 1971 by four women who wanted to help with the food and clothing insecurities in their community. They founded ACBC in their basement and used to pack bags and food to distribute to their community. So it's kind of a small operation to what it is now, but I mean, it's crazy to think how much that's grown in 50 years. Yeah. Yep. Started in 1971. That's how old I am. I can't not mention that. So <laughs> Same age. <laughs> yes. And you were saying too that they gave it kind of that name because they thought if they had a name said that it was run by women that it wouldn't be yeah they originally were a little like iffy of like what to call it so they thought if brotherhood was in there that it might be a little more accepted for the time of day it was that makes sense so uh tell us a little bit about your role and how you got started at acbc yeah so how i got started there actually is kind of a funny story so i ended up interning at a church and one of the staff members, um, significant other, worked at ACBC at the time and was like, hey, you should come apply for this position. Um, and it was our food rescue position. So I applied for it. And the director at the time actually made a new position when um, she saw my application because she was like, 
you should not be doing this. You should be doing this. And so well, I actually got created a new position when I applied for a different job, which is pretty cool. Um, yeah. And, but that is not what I'm doing now. <laughs> so uh, of course. there's been some staff changes. And so what my role is now is I'm operations manager, which basically is a catch-all term for I help see distributions. Um, I look at... Um, situations that can be improved throughout. Um, I'm kind of the pseudo IT guy um, and I just help the director with whatever she needs and help provide support throughout the day, whatever needs happen or whatever needs to be done. Yep. Again, that is a catch-all term, but we can't do things without our operations people and our pseudo tech people. Right, Josh? Mm, Yeah, you could probably live without me. (laughs) (laughs) No. No, Christine would say otherwise, right. but we, you, could, um, you could live without me. <laughs> um, so then um, tell us more about like programs and what happens over there at the food shelf. Because again, I've never been there. I, sh- I need to go. So I will. That'll be my, um, my New Year's resolution unless I can mm. get it done before the New Year. That would probably be a good thing. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. It's a good one. I'll go too. Okay. Yeah, that'd be sweet. We'd love to have you. That'd be great. <laughs> So um, what kind of things, um, I know that there's different programs and things like that. So um, tell us about what it's like. You yeah. go in the door and then what happens? So hopefully you will be greeted by somebody right when you come in the door. And so recently we've actually gone to an appointment system. Uh, I shouldn't say recently. Uh, when we opened back up for indoor shopping after COVID, we went to an appointment system. Yep. Um, we were seeing a lot of um, people showing up right at the beginning of walk-in time. And so there'd be, you know, 40 people like standing outside in the cold during winter. And so that was kind of the precedent that was set. And so we wanted to change that, especially when the new director came in, we wanted to make it a little more dignified. So it's not just, Oh, show up and hopefully you get what you get. Like that's not dignified. So we wanted to step that up a little bit. We went to an appointment model. Um, So programs we have our basically our once a month food program, which is the main thing what we do basically. Mm-hmm. And then we do uh, weekly programs for those facing homelessness. And then we usually do an extra distribution, usually about once or twice a month on a Friday, because we're open Monday through Thursday for um, appointments. And then Friday, if we have an extra like distribution for the week, that'll be that day. And then we do a program called Outreach, and that is for people who have trouble getting to the food shelf yeah. um, that, you know, have a disability or um, are just elderly and they can't, you know, just make it to the food shelf. Yeah, that's a lot of people always, you know, we, I um, in working with food shelves and people experiencing homelessness and our elderly population, it is transportation is really, really a, yeah. a key part of all of that. It's, um, it's where all the systems sort of break down eventually. <laughs> Especially in the winter here in Minnesota where it's, yes. it's not like you can just, Oh, it's, you know, 10 degrees outside, right. walk five miles. Well, or take your electric scooter. Cause yeah. I've seen that too. Exactly. And, um, yes, it doesn't work as well in the winter. <laughs> not to mention trying to get what you're supposed to pick up for your groceries back. Like, yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Definitely. Um, where do you get most of your food from? That's one question that I wondered about. Yeah. So um, I think I mentioned earlier that there's a position, a position called Food Rescue. And so Food Rescue is a partnership that we have through Second Harvest and the local 
grocery stores and targets. Mm -hmm. um, so they take food that is about to expire because they don't want that out on their shelves. And then we pick it up and distribute it. Obviously, we sort it and make sure it's all um, approved to make sure nothing's bad in it. Right. Um, but that's where most of our food comes from. And then we do also order staple food through Second Harvest. So That's great. Yeah. Something I thought about when you mentioned that you get food from grocery stores. So this is something I've seen at my local cub. And I'm not sure if this is like what all of them do, but they pre-make bags that people can buy for like five bucks. Is that something you guys uh, do too and work with, with the local grocery stores or yeah. are there other ways that maybe people can donate while shopping? Yeah, totally. So bags are always awesome. Um, monetary donations are the best because I get food at a discount because mm -hmm. we're a nonprofit and yeah. we're a food shelf. Yep. So like not to just throw out numbers, but for what you could buy like a normal peanut butter for, I can buy probably five. That's awesome. What a wow. peanut butter is or something like that. Yeah. So like money goes a lot further than just like, here's five macaroni. Well, that five macaroni for that cost you a dollar each macaroni. I could probably get that for, you know, 25 to 50 mm -hmm. just because of how everything works. And we get a lot of stuff um, through the state that helps out with that stuff. Yep. Minnesota is really good at um, helping out those less fortunate. So that's really great. Yes, I know. We all um, we kind of battle that thing of wanting to be hands on and bring in food kind of. Yeah. Um, that's an old model sort of. And then that's not to discourage that. No, though. no, no. Oh, absolutely <laughs> let me, let me not. Make no. that clear. We sure. love it when yes. people donate. Yes, absolutely. But yes, I also um, have learned that, that you can, um, there's power in, um, buying power in bulk, you know, and exactly. so those are the kind of things that work out. And so just to be able to tap into that is really huge. And so um, if you can't go out and shop or don't want to, or however that works for you, um, money is always works. It's like the Costco thing, right? Right. Like if you go to Costco, it's cheaper, yeah. quote unquote, to buy it in bulk, right? Because I'm buying like pallets at a time mm -hmm. versus like just an individual one. Right. That makes sense. And you know what? It's so interesting because my teenagers, they love money now more than they love gifts. And so you know how it goes. Like yeah. you can get what you want, what you need. And so that sort of makes it flexible too for the food shelf. But yes, there is something about bringing in, you know, your can of peas or whatever it mm -hmm. is. And um, what we have done here at Zion is every Thanksgiving Eve for years and years and years. I don't know um, the history. When I was growing up here, so... Um, Probably a good 30 um, plus years ago, we did it then too, where um, people, families would bring in their items and we would bring them up front in our sanctuary and then we would gather them. And then um, I never knew this, but then what we did after that now is that um, pre-COVID is that we would have places where we would then sort. So then we'd have people stay after worship and sort the food into different boxes to um, be more accessible. And then we awesome. had a truck and we bring it over to um, ACBC. So that's really a cool thing. And the visual is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And in fact, upstairs right now in our preschool, we have um, the preschoolers have 
been bringing in food gifts as well. And then they get a feather that they put on a turkey on the wall. And mm. it's pretty big right now. So yeah. that comes to you as well. That's so, awesome. We really appreciate it for sure. Yeah. Any of those kind of tactile things are helpful for people to be able to give. But also, like you said, money works too. Yeah. Well, and like it, it can feel disingenuous when you just give money, yeah. even in like I know, relating I back to your kids, kids and like yeah. gifting people. Things. I think it's a visual thing too, right? Yeah. Like Absolutely. let's say you bring in a thousand dollars worth of cash, but you bring a thousand dollars worth of food. That food looks way bigger than that yep. stack of cash does. Right. Yeah. But if, it's both needed, which is exactly. a great thing to just kind of keep side by side in your head. I mm -hmm. think it's. So both work. So why don't you, yeah, go out and get a thousand dollars and then give a thousand dollars, go, you know, a thousand dollars worth of food and then give a thousand dollars worth of exactly. food and then you've done yeah. it. Great. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of that though, March, March is always a month where you guys, I think you get, um, do they match donations? Yeah. So time? actually currently we have a match for donations going on. Right ACBC. Now. Yep. For the holidays. And then, um, because I believe Thursday. How long does that go? Thursday. Because Thursday is our give to the max day, which okay. is where um, basically we get a lot of things matched that day. Okay. And then March, I think it's March food share month yep. is I believe what it's called. And that is also a big month where if you want to donate, that's a great time to donate because usually we have matches just like going on now. Yeah. So oh, that's awesome. If you do want to do donate, donate Thursday because that's the big day. Well, that's a great which thing, is which makes me November eighteenth. Yeah. So yes, we um, have it on November um, on the Wednesday before Thanksgiving is when we kind of do that. Well, we encourage people right now to give monetary gifts. Oh, for sure. But I'll remind our finance person to make sure that those whatever we have so far goes over to you. Yeah, that'd be awesome. By then. And remind me how Give to the Max works. Is it through a specific site or can it be directly to you? Um, I think it can be directly to us and then just note it, say something of Give to the Max or whatever or for Give to the Max Day. Well, that's good to know. You know, it's always so interesting to how, how do you get all that information out so that people can take advantage of it too? I know that yeah. I get a ton of emails. I know that. But also, you know, just to be able to say here, um, this is really helpful to us right now. Yeah. So website is a great yeah. um, way to check everything, but even better than that, Facebook. Yep. Facebook is huge. Like that gets updated all the time. Yep. So I would just keep in, like check that. Yeah. So um, like and follow stuff. ACBC yes, on like Facebook. Yes, like and follow on Facebook. <laughs> right. And Instagram. And Instagram. Good. I love it. That's great. What is the most needed item? Currently, it's probably a good thing I got asked to do this. <laughs> I know, right? Exactly. Because <laughs> I'm also helping, or I also do inventory stuff. Good. So, um, Baby items are always needed, such as diapers, sizes one through seven, um, dish soap, and laundry soap. Always needed. Really? Like, wow. Always, always, always. Yep. And thought of that. I suppose when people think food shelf, right? It's yeah. purely food. Yeah, and we don't really, really think. Yeah, let me touch on that a little bit. So 
we normally mainly do food, but we also have a section in our store. So we actually, that's a great segue. So we actually set up our store like a grocery store. Oh, cool. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So we're actually set up like a grocery store where people have a grocery cart and they walk and they choose all their items. Mm-hmm. So, um, so they don't have to just, a lot of food shelves now are still doing pre-packed box. Right. And we did that for a time just because that was kind of survival mode for us during COVID. Right. Um, but we wanted to get back to a choice model, which we are now a walk-in choice model. So people are entering the building and, you know, choosing their stuff. Yep. Um, but we do provide, obviously, food. But then we try to provide um, a hygiene section and a household section. So whether that be, like, paper towels, um, dish soap, um, what else? Laundry detergent for household section and then hygiene, like shampoo, conditioner, um, feminine products. Yep. You know. All of that exactly. it just adds up. Absolutely. For sure. Currently, probably household items like, mm-hmm. you know, dish soap, paper towels. Like if you ever donate that, that'll always like, it'll always get used. How about like um, dietary different needs? Because yeah. we've co- we've been encountering that in our pantry too. For so, sure. Yeah. So we do have on um, most of our shelves, one of the shelves is for uh, gluten-free Mm-hmm. And then um, as far as vegetarian goes, our um, produce section is pretty much what you can carry. Okay. So whatever you want to take from there um, or fit in your box, like go for it. Awesome. So there isn't really a limit on that. Um, one thing I've been thinking about, uh, and we kind of talked about this briefly before, is you mentioned right now is kind of your busiest time of year. Um, but like, what about the other months? You know, how do, how does the community's needs kind of fit in with? Usually around the holidays is where we see the biggest kick up in, in need and also donations, which is awesome. So thank you to everybody who's being a part of that. Um, and then usually it chills out for like two months after December. Because they're all still eating leftovers. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. I'm kidding. Or we all thought we should diet or something. Well, those New Year's resolutions are coming in, so you're kind of focusing inward at that point. No, I'm just kidding. Um, So January, February are usually a little bit slower, not too bad. And then March kicks up again because that's um, March. um, That food. Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. That matching thing. Yeah. I'm trying to think. I think it's food share month. It is. is. And um, Second Harvest is part of that too, right? Yep. Yep. So that's March. So we see an uptick then. And then usually that spills over into um, April. And then May, June, July, and August are kind of like, those are our lowest points. But I mean, low is relative. It's just not as big usually as, you know, the holiday season. But that's, you know, normal in any industry. So those are a little bit lower. And then... We're back in September and then it kicks all kicks up again. So, but the need is there all, I mean, yeah, right. The all, need is always there. We always. actually, since COVID hit, um, it, it was a lot, like yeah. a lot of families needed help and we saw a big uptake in just the need in our community. Right. We're in this life together. So it is, you know, I'm glad that there are places like ACBC so that people can go there. I know I tell people about it. So, yeah. um, and yeah. And then, oh, how about volunteering? We oh, have yeah. volunteers we too. We do. Actually, this is a good point. So we only have, I say that a lot, don't I? Good point. <laughs> well, um, thanks. I like them. <laughs> so we actually only have five staff members yep. currently. So we have a director, um, a myself, the uh, operations manager, a volunteer coordinator, 
a um, back of house manager and a food rescue driver. And uh, three out of those two are part time. Mm -hmm. Everything else that gets done in this organization is volunteer. So I would say like of the groundwork that goes down there, we obviously we could not do that without volunteers. Right. So um, if you volunteer at ACBC, thank you, first of all. Um, but if you do want to get involved at ACBC, you can go to our website and there's a get involved tab and just click on volunteer and fill out the application. And awesome. we will get back to you about doing that. So what kind of things do you have them do? I, I know it's everything else, but is yeah. it like, is there a lot of lifting or is there a lot of like, what would be good? Cause I think you'd probably get a lot of retirees is my guess. And so, yeah, so it's, it's pretty good mix, but we do have yeah. um, a lot of people who are retired. Um, but it just depends on what you want to do. So if you want to be in distribution, um, that's not really a lot of lifting. That's mm -hmm. just being very personable with clients and, Right. You know, just being available for questions, basically. Cool. Um, if you want to do like the prep work for that, that's a lot more lifting. So if you're going to be in like produce sorting or um, we call it dry sorting, where anything that comes in that's in like those donation bags from Cub or anything like that, yep. that has to get sorted through and make sure the dates are okay. And so it really depends on like what you're comfortable with and what you want to do. But if you can't lift or anything, there's definitely spots for you. That's cool. Regardless. Just thinking in my, you know, youth director brain, can groups come and volunteer maybe once a month? Or? Yes, okay. absolutely. We, um, so part of the outreach program is we usually have people come once. Um, we do it three times a month and then we have a group come and pack that as like a special event, basically. Cool. Okay. Mm -hmm. Cool. That's good to know. Because <clears throat> I also have in my... I have women's ministries underneath my umbrella. So our circles nice. are always looking for ways to serve as well. So, yeah, um, yeah that's great. I know our wheels are turning. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's really, really a challenge, you know, is just to get that information about opportunities for to sure. be able to serve in our community with your organization, but with lots of other ones. Mm -hmm. And, I know that if you look on websites, they, they do tell you, but it's sometimes not as intuitive as you think it would be, you know? Yeah. So, and like what you read on the screen is going to be, you know, partially different than what you might be doing there. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. But I, yeah, I like it though. I like being able to know where we can help and what the need is. Cause that's what people really want to know, I think too. And what the commitment is, yeah. that kind of thing. So that's, um, that's good. What's the biggest challenge? Oh man. You know. For the organization or, or you or, or whatever me. you wanna however you wanna answer that is fine. Probably just making sure all the needs are met. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yep. You know, even you know, bringing up why this podcast exists, like realizing that people are in different situations. Yep. So like we try to have a lot of compassion for people who come in there because we don't know. And, you know, you could have, you know, last week been on vacation, then come back and, you know, your house burned down or something. Absolutely. And, like yep. it's very difficult. And a lot of people aren't open about stuff like that either. No. And, you know, they don't have to be. So it's very like you just have to treat everybody with respect and care a lot because, you know, we don't know what's going on with them. That's true. Very true. Yeah. 
And so that's maybe not a, a challenge to do that, but it's definitely something that we try to keep in mind all that, like with every single person that comes in there. That's awesome. That's it as it should be, which is uh, great. Yeah. We don't know. And so people that you encounter in the food shelf, you know that they're in need of some kind. And mm-hmm. so there's that, that even just our random, again, random passerbys. It's amazing. We don't know um, what their stories are either. And so, yeah, just to give each other a little bit of a break yeah. <laughs> and treat each other with kindness. So, yeah. yeah. Something wonderful about ACBC is that the organization cares about their community and what's going on in it. And every single person, like if anybody walked through those doors and was like, I need help, yeah. like we wouldn't, we would help them. And I bet you know some regulars too, huh? Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of fun too to have some um, fun and challenging, I suppose. Fun because you get a little relationships and challenging because sometimes things are challenging. So, yeah. I mean, you're dealing with people and (laughs) everybody, (laughs) you know, people are imperfect and, you know, we just. No. We just give them, give them grace and we love on them. I love it. That's That's awesome. awesome. That is so great. We love hearing that. Oh, it's been so good to have you with us. We're so grateful for you taking time out to be able to come to kind of help enlighten us about what it is that you do and what's going on over there at the food shelf. And Josh, do you have any last um, comments today? No, uh, just thank you again for coming and sharing your story and the story of ACBC and what you guys do. And I really can tell that you know you guys care about the community and that's awesome to hear and to share so thank you thank you for and having you'll be me seeing more of us from zion for sure yeah. so we'll Looking see what we can it. do all right thanks yeah thank you. thank you wonder and sunder is co-hosted by sue walliger and myself josh myroning the show's artwork and editing are done by me follow us on social media at wonder on Instagram and Twitter, or on Facebook at Wonder and Sunder. Questions about Wonder and Sunder or suggestions on future guests? Email us at wondersunderanoka at gmail.com.